second and ten coming up for Chicago. He's there for Cohn. He's going to outrace his blockers and outrace everybody. In the secondary he goes, and he will not be caught. Touchdown, Chicago. You are now listening to the Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Andrew Claudio. We have made it halfway through the season, and the New York Jets in not surprising fashion or three and five uh jesse actually said it a couple weeks ago there staring three <laughs> and five in the face uh jesse how you doing buddy i'm good i'm good man um better than the new york jets are doing i'll tell you that much uh you're hopefully healthier than the new york jets are doing <clears throat> yeah i'd say so um yeah yeah you can't be if i was if i was less healthy than the new york jets i would probably be in the hospital right now so i mean that's where most of the new york jets are uh we did this last week, and I think it's it's a good place to start. We're going to go over reasons why they lost. So I'm going to give you four reasons, Jesse. Yeah. And you tell me, I guess, in order or which ones you choose are why the Jets lost. And the first one is injuries. Um, it would probably lead to the other three, but mm-hmm. missing your center, missing your number one and number two wide receiver, uh, losing Bilal Powell, so like your biggest – playmaker whether it's in the backfield as a running back or just as a pass catching running back um it's gonna lead to why there is no imagination with this play calling um that's option one number two is the play calling uh the (laughs) most conservative uh jesse sent out a, a tweet earlier today and it's it's the amazing stats that you look at so on first and 10 the jets ran the ball nine times for a net gain of 16 yards on second and at least seven so second and long they ran the ball eight times for a net gain of 14 yards there is no imagination how many isaiah crowell's or or cannon runs into the line did we see the two times they threw the ball on the first play of a drive in the in the first half i guess except for the last nine passes uh they scored a touchdown and kicked a field goal so uh the play calling is option B, Jesse. Uh, number mm-hmm. three is the penalties. Uh, they had eight total, which overall isn't great. The, it was only for about 50-something yards. Uh, but there were five pre-snap penalties. The play before the touchdown, uh, late uh, the Tariq Cohen touchdown, was a pre-snap penalty. Um Penalties just that's undisciplined. That's on the coach. Uh, mm-hmm. It's partially on the players, but it's mostly on the coach. And then option D, I, I know you're not going to choose this, but is the quarterback 14 for 29, not the greatest. As I just said, his last 10 plays that they ran were passes because they were down by two touchdowns. So it's kind of a an accurate number as to how he actually played. The guy's got no weapons. We just said he's yeah. three best <laughs> offensive weapons. Uh, Jesse, why did the Jets lose on Sunday? Is there an all of the the above option, Andrew? All right, because, option E, all of the above, Jesse. Because it really is all of the above. Um, this was just a really poor game from top to bottom. Uh, you know, I think that the penalties were a major issue, and it's becoming it's it's a week to week thing now, where this has been going on for multiple seasons. Um, 
just really dumb drive killing penalties and you, and you could see it in Sam Darnold's eyes uh, on Sunday. He, he was just very frustrated. He said it after the game too. We can't be taking these pre-snap penalties. It, it, like I said, it kills drives. You know, you can't be doing that. So that was a major issue. Uh, the, the play calling was absolutely atrocious. Uh, I am sick and tired of of running the uh, the two yard run up the middle play, um, especially you know, on first and ten. Yeah, and, and no, no, not even that on second and eight. You know, that's, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's even more egregious. Um, Let's get Sam Darnold out of those situations where he has to be passing on third and long every single time. He he hasn't been fantastic, but it's not like he has a lot of things to work with on offense. You know, when you lose your best running back, when you lose your top two wide receivers, and you don't have a center uh, that's capable of anything. All right, clearly Spencer Long is the most talented center on the team. Um, that finger injury is definitely not helping him at all. I think that it would be a much we, we, he would not be talked about at all. The, if you're a good offensive lineman, no one talks about you. And yeah. I don't think we'd be talking about Spencer Long uh, if he didn't have that finger injury and kept on botching those snaps. So that was a thing. And then the injuries. We've been harping on it. Uh, not only are we missing Quincy and Nunua and Robbie Anderson and Bilal Powell, you're also missing Tremaine Johnson as well. Um, he's missed. Uh, he he may miss his fifth straight game this weekend. Um, so that, that's their big marquee free agent signing that just hasn't really played this season. Uh, and that's a big reason why the Jets haven't been able to stop people on offense of late. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, he was okay. He was solid. Uh, I, I really like what he's able to do on the ground. Um, he's got some legs. Uh, people are I calling agree. him the white Michael Vick, which is a little well, ridiculous. That, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it was a little ridiculous, but I mean, that run he had a few weeks ago uh, where he ran like 75 yards and they were like on the 20 yard line. Right. It's a, like, it's a weapon. It's a weapon. Yeah. His legs are, his ability to scramble is indeed a weapon. Absolutely. And, and I just think that it, it's really tough when you have penalties, when you have poor play across the field and you're dealing with those injuries and, and you can't get out from under that. You know, and then you have the bad play calling on top of that. It's it's a trifecta of things that went wrong and have been continuing to go wrong during this losing streak, and they need to get it right this weekend against the Dolphins. This felt a lot like the Browns game where they knew going in, we cannot let this quarterback lose the game. We can't let him throw too many passes and get picked off. And this right. felt like from the beginning they were just trying to protect a four-point deficit rather than try to score points to take the lead. You know what it felt like? It felt like they went into this game thinking, please, God, don't let us get blown out. Yeah. Which is a loser's mentality. And I'm sick and tired. Like, Todd Bowles, like, after the game, he goes, oh, yeah, like, I really liked how the team fought, you know. Uh, I really liked how they, they we went down and scored at the end. Like, Shut up, Todd Bowles. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's that's what you say after the post game. They, oh, I think they, they, you know, you say that in the locker room. Good job. You know, it was a tough game. You fought hard, guys. Let's get them next week. No, you don't say that to the media. You say, we're not doing a good enough job. We got to get better. You know, stop making excuses and own it. You've been awful the past few weeks. Well, and it's a lot of it's on Todd Bowles. I'd even go a step Four further. Coaches. They're 13 and 28 since week 17 against the Bills in 2015. Yeah. Like at what point do we – I know a lot of people I, have called for – are we at the point where we've got to call for this I, guy's job? I, I did earlier in the week. I, I tweeted, I am officially on the fire Todd Bowles train. I am done with the guy. You know, I, I think that when it comes to teaching players 
you know, like technique and whatnot. Like Daryl Roberts has been really impressive. Todd Bowles was a defensive back. I mean, he, he's a, he's a good player um, on defense and he's a good defensive coordinator in Arizona. And clearly he's a solid teacher I mean, because they're getting stuff out of guys that normally just aren't that good um, uh, in the secondary. And the secondary, as beat up as it was, they played okay. I mean, you're you starting know? to make a case for him to stay, Jesse. But, <laughs> but, but that's not the only thing a coach has these responsibilities for. There's so much more that goes into it. Play calling, clock management, discipline. You know, Th- Those are things, three things right there that Todd Bowles is awful at. How many times have we seen him get the Jets get inside the opponent's 50 and you get like a fourth and four, a fourth and three or two, right, on, on the 44 yard line? And he's like, eh, let's punt it. Yeah. You know? The lack of aggressiveness is there. Especially when they're down. He loves doing that when they're down. So it, it's just, it, it's. It's not working. No, you're and... right. I don't think he's the guy. That That's what a lot of people have said for the last maybe year or so, is that when this, this team is ready to be good, it doesn't seem like it's going to be under Todd Bowles. Now, here's the issue, though, all right? Because the Jets are now – say the Jets fire Todd Bowles, right? you got to figure out what you want to do with Mike McCagnan. Uh, Mike McCagnan mm. – it, it's, it's the classic – no, it's the classic – because he, he's been awful in the draft, let's be honest. He's been really bad outside of those two picks that just fell into his – those three picks that just fell into his lap in Darnold, uh, Jamal Adams, and Leonard Williams. Um, outside of that, his drafting has been atrocious. Uh, you can – I'm sure you've been scrolling Twitter. If you're listening, you've seen lists of was, Jets draft players. There's – every name is crossed out. There's, there's like the no, whole – yeah, like the whole – there's like a whole draft of his that's out of the league right now. Yep. So, so here's the issue though. If Todd Bowles gets fired, the Jets need to decide if they want to keep Mike McCagnan. Right, because they're going to get into this cycle again, which they've been in for the last forever. I don't know who the last Jet, uh, Jets coach the last five seasons, right? Maybe Rex, Rex Ryan. Yeah, but like, he, like that ended really poorly. I'm talking about like actual consistency, you know, because he was good at first and then he was bad, so they obviously had to let him go. What do you do when it, do do you hire a new coach and just be like, hey, you got to deal with Mike McCagnan, or do you bring in and break the cycle and bring in a new GM? who can hire his coach with Sam Darnold, the quarterback, who obviously they didn't draft, but still, I mean, it's clearly he's he's a guy you want to try and build around, right? Yeah. You do. What would you do? I think McCagnan's allowed one more coach. I think that's really the rule with general managers is that you don't always is get it? it right with the coach the first time. There's a lot is- of, like, Belichick has this universal uh, approval rating because he's his own GM, you know, like the Patriots – are lucky, not necessarily lucky, but like he, they got that one right. But we forget that they went through like four head coaches, then through Parcells, then they went to Pete Carroll, then they went to Belichick in a span of three years. Like sometimes you just don't get it right. And with the GM goes, I think you're at least allowed two head coaches because this really does feel like a, especially with the injuries, like it's, although at the same time, there's really no talent on this roster as well. Um, Whose fault is that? That's McCagnan. I think McCagnan's allowed one more head coach to get it right. It would be and his then third if head that coach. That blows up. This is the second. No, when he's nope. 
He had Rex Ryan for a season. He did. That was John Idzik for a year. Oh, uh, you know what? I looked it up and it said Rex. R- 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 sorry, Rex Ryan fired by the Bills. Sorry, he got fa- fired. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I mixed up times that Rex Ryan got fired. I the John Idzik yes. year is is so entrenched in my mind because he so clearly didn't want, or I guess the John Idzik two years. He so clearly didn't want Rex to be his head coach. He sent him out there with a lame duck roster, and Rex decided, all right. Screw you, dude. I'm going to take Geno Smith and win eight games. So they couldn't <laughs> fire him. So he cut his payroll even more. They were like 60-something under the cap, and it was like, fine, I'll get to hire my coach. And Jet fans put up billboards and flew a plane over yep. practice that said fire Idzik. Yep. So Woody had to fire both. And when McCagnon showed up, it was like, oh, look at all this cap space. Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, come on down. I'm pretty sure for a while, I'm not sure, I, I might have changed it, but my location for a while was flying over Florham Park on Twitter. <laughs> because of that. So that's where <laughs> yeah. it comes from. Um, I, McCagnon drafted the quarterback. I've thought for a while now that Bowles isn't the guy. And that's really the problem with the NFL. Uh, there's really like four really, really good head coaches, and the rest are coordinators that are exceeding at a roster that's fit to their strength. Like, I don't necessarily think that Doug Peterson is a great head coach. I think he's an aggressive head coach that benefited from a roster that's loaded, you know? Yeah. So I think that I would like to get – the thing about Bowles is I'd like to get an offensive-minded head coach. Not necessarily the next Sean Sean McVay, but an offensive coordinator that could develop this quarterback and will develop a scheme that fits his strengths. Like, the thing about Sean McVay, he knows, like – every play he's run ever, which is awesome. But the the key to the Rams is that they might have the best defensive coordinator in football, so he doesn't have yeah. to run that side of the ball. If the Jets could do something like that, do you think that would be something that works, that you hire an offensive coordinator and a, a hire an offensive coordinator that's really the coach, but then a defensive coordinator that really is the assistant coach that runs the defense? Well, here's the thing. It's, it's not every day you find a Wade Phillips yeah. Uh, to run to run your defense, uh, most of the guys that like you're going to be hiring for your defense are going to be young guys. You know, there's a youth movement. Uh, there's always a youth movement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to hire the young guys and get that new fresh idea, right? Um, so I don't know if we can find a Wade Phillips because Wade, I mean, he was a coach in the NFL. He's been a he's like seventy something. He's an <laughs> old dude who's been around and he coached the Cowboys for a bunch of years. He's good coach. You know, this guy has a ton of experience handling a, like divas like like people that like he has a loaded room with a ton of ego and that is why that team works because sean mcveigh just deals with the chill cali bro jared goff right (laughs) yeah but (laughs) wade phillips is like that it's like that southern like like dad like that southern grandpa that you just you just don't mess with you know and like i mean he's got like uh he has to deal with like indomitian sue and akeem talib and marcus peters like all guys who have like had on the field like outbursts in the past and he's reined all of them in, and they're seven and zero, and they're rolling people. Uh, I would love to have the Jets get that, or get a Wade Phillips type of uh, uh, defensive coordinator, and then hire some hire some sort of offensive guru like like Lincoln Riley or something, which will never ever happen. <laughs> but like I, it, that mold of a coach, like a Kyle Shanahan, an offensive guy, um, I would love that. Is it going to happen? If we could find a Wade Phillips, that'd be be pretty dope. Well, but. That, that my point is that it really just can't be the coach right now. Like Jeremy Bates, I also don't think is the guy. 
You no, know? he's not. <laughs> but like you just <laughs> that's, brought that's up, fair. you just brought up Kyle Shanahan. His best situation was when he was running the offense and turned Matt Ryan into an MVP, and Dan, Dan Quinn, Quinn ran the defense. I was going to bring, like, when you mentioned, like, oh, like, there's just a bunch of coordinators that are, like, specialists with the team tailored to them. I mean, obviously, the, the the Falcons are decimated by injuries on defense. But that's, I mean, sure, Matt Ryan won the MVP. But, like, Dan Quinn's a defensive guy. He brought in those defensive players. That is the mold, the Atlanta mold with Kyle Shanahan, the, the Rams mold right now. That's what you want. You're not going to be able to find an Andy Reid and a Bill Belichick like that. That's that's those are once in a generation type coaches who are just going to get you 10 to 12 wins every single year. The jets need to get, think outside the box, find a great offensive mind and work with him and then pair him up with an, a, a, a defensive guru. I mean, it, it like it's, it's easier said than done, but, but that should uh, be the plan though. Yes, absolutely. So well, a couple things about the bears before we move on. Yeah. Um, Trubisky played last year. I think he played mo- like almost all the season last year, right? Like I don't know if he started sixteen um, games because but they, 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 they had Mike they, Glennon. Uh, they had Mike Lennon. I don't think Glennon started. I think so. I, did Trubisky played last season? So this is year two yeah. of Trubisky. Did you see anything that I mean, different quarterbacks, different skill sets, but that made you a little more confident that the Jets made the right move going with Darnold starting his rookie year? So Trubisky played 12 games last year. That's right, so um, four games. Yeah. So I mean, that's I mean, he played enough. Um, I think. Yeah. I, I think I, I've been really impressed with Trubisky. Um, I mean, he's been on and off. He's still a guy who's 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 learning. Um, but he's gotten better throughout the season. He's throwing 64 percent right now. Uh, 15 touchdowns to six interceptions. He's taking care of the football. He only has nine turnovers on the year. He had three fumbles. Um, so he has to clean up the fumbles, but. Yeah, I think that what I've seen from Trubisky, I think that I think that's Darnold is better than Trubisky was his rookie year. Uh, I mean, obviously Darnold, yeah, he leads the NFL in interceptions with ten. I get that. Rookies turn the ball over. Everybody knew that Sam Darnold was going to turn the ball over this year. This isn't some sort of like, oh, whoa, this guy, he's thrown way too many. No, like he, this was a thing that we talked about before the season, Andrew. That everybody should have known and if you didn't and you were kidding yourself obviously this was going to happen however he's made a ton of really impressive plays throughout the season that show you that they're they're glimpses and these aren't just like a once in a blue moon thing it's multiple times every single game where he makes throws and you go whoa okay all right yeah. like this kid this kid this kid know like he, he has something well it's a combination of the throws his ability to avoid a rush yeah. especially an unprotected rush and it's just a sidestep, and then he still keeps his eyes downfield because there's a lot of quarterbacks. Like, Sanchez used to do this all the time where he'd actually avoid the rush, and then it's, I need to scramble out of bounds and and or just take the sack. And Darnold looks to still make a play out of it. And mm-hmm. that, I think, are the instincts that you see that you can actually build on. Um, it's I mean, look no further than the Colts game for what Darnold can be. Um Got them in the field goal range, or at least down the field, every play. They did not punt once. Jeff Myers set a record that day. Um, uh, I think it just can't be stated enough how banged up his offensive weapons are. This is a guy playing, like, if you and me suited up for the Jets, we'd be a hint of an upgrade over what they have right now, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 not good. Like, I'm being, obviously, I'm being facetious here, but, like, it's bad. Like, there's not... I think he had more talent at USC than he does right now. 
Well, he has one of his wide receivers That's from true. USC. That Deontay is also Burnett. true. <laughs> and, and he, <laughs> one of the better plays of the game from the Jets was Darnold just threw the ball up to him and Burnett just jumped over, I think it was Kyle Fuller, and just took the ball away from him. Uh, so, I mean, that that was I, – I wanted to say, I mean, I when you mentioned uh, Darnold's uh, ability to avoid pressure, there's one guy on Twitter who's really just been – drinking the Darnold Kool-Aid, and that's Dan Orlovsky, mm-hmm. a former NFL quarterback. I mean, oh. I saw a tweet the other day. End zone Orlovsky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. uh, Orlovsky, but like he's he does a lot of really good analysis oh, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I was just making fun of um, the worst player no, I've ever I seen know. in a football game. I was just setting him up. So he, he said something about Darnold saying I, it's – his he was saying how his ability to avoid the, the, the pressure, keep his eyes downfield – is so it's so rare for a rookie quarterback to be able to do that and have the confidence to stick in the pocket like that and still make throws when you know you're going to get hit behind this bad offensive line. He was praising him all across the board and saying, yes, he does make some turnovers, but there's enough good throws there that it makes you go wow. Like I said, it makes you go wow sometimes. And his offensive weapons, yes, they're awful right now <laughs> what cracked me up today was terrell Pryor said he was being underused like terrell we need you man like don't go to buffalo <laughs> you have a rapport with darnold already just just stay here i hate terrell Pryor. i think he's not a great football player but i mean hey you have some chemistry with our quarterback you'll be used here man i don't don't be saying you feel underused we want you um a little too late for that obviously right um some good news today uh quincy and nunwa was wearing a helmet uh, he didn't practice, but he was wearing a helmet, so so that's some good news. Um, and Robbie Anderson still not practicing. Uh, so the Jets, I mean, did did they call Rashard Matthews' name once against the Bears? I, I didn't. I got to be honest, because I I picked up the game minutes in. I thought when I didn't hear his name for the first eight or nine minutes, I thought they just didn't suit him up. Like I I didn't necessarily check Twitter. Anything, apologies that we're not that prepared for this, but I got to be honest, I just figured they didn't suit him up because he was signed this week, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I think he did play. I just didn't, I didn't, well, did not, not catch even, a ball, so or get a target. <laughs> so, so um, uh, I guess they didn't just didn't want to use him or he didn't play. Well, speaking of banged up teams, the Jets now moving on to week nine. Take on for the second time this season, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the greatest football team. They take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. Uh, <laughs> <do> you... <laughs> I don't know that song, but yeah, that's their that's their fight song. Every team oh, has okay. a fight song except us. We just have a chant. Four letters. Thank you, Fireman Ed. Um, couple things about the Dolphins. Uh, they've lost four of their last five. Started off three and zero, and then they went to the Patriots and got all gigantic slice of humble pie and reality. Uh. And they've lost four or five since that 3-0 start. And the one win they had in that stretch was the ridiculous Brock Osweiler-Bears game where they yeah. should have lost in overtime. Well, they honestly should have won in overtime the first time, and they ended up winning in overtime. They should have um, never been in the game. They had, like, four 80-yard touchdowns that game because well, of breakdowns in the Bears secondary. <laughs> that leads to the next point is that they lost Albert Wilson for the year. He's on IR, yep. and Wilson was leading the year, uh, leading the NFL in yards after the catch when that happened. So he's going to— probably like 60, I bet. <laughs> I, that's why, like, Brock Osweiler threw a 60-yard touchdown. It's like, yeah, 59 of them were by Albert Wilson running after the yep. catch. Uh, <laughs> that's the other thing. 
And the next point is that Brock Osweiler is going to start this game. The Jets are going to get the get to take a get shot at Brock, Brock Osweiler. Uh, my only point for this is Brock Osweiler, LOL. Uh, yeah. <laughs> unless he's playing the Bears, he's Nathan Peterman. Like he's one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Ever. Um, Devontae Parker. There was some contract disputes because he was hurt, but uh, he was like healthy scratches, and there was rumors that they're just trying to bring his value down when he opens up contract negotiations. Uh, Point is, he came back last Thursday against the Texans and got six catches for 134 yards. So the Jets will have to deal with Devontae Parker, it looks like, uh, in Albert Wilson's absence. Um, And they've scored 99 points in their last five games during this four-out-of-five stretch. Um, I'm not saying that the Jets will win or going to predict them a win, but how do you feel when I say first team to 20 wins? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that this is going to be uh, a high scoring game um, just because these teams are really banged up. Normally I wouldn't say that with Brock Osweiler, uh, but this Jets defense has been absolute duty uh, the past few weeks, uh, giving up 25 points per game on the season now. Um, obviously it's banged up, uh, but they're still going to be banged up. So, I mean, you got to expect that they're going to give up points, uh, and the dolphins, if they do one thing, well, it's speed and the jets defense, if there's one thing they don't handle well is speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that, yeah, the first, I, I, I don't think it's first team to 20. I think it's more like first team to 30. <laughs> I, this I, feels I, like 21, 17 though, or 21, 16. No, to me, you know, I, for some reason, Brock Osweiler has been has been putting up points on this I, roster. I, I, I don't just know. Said they they really haven't though. They have that one game against the Bears where he just he becomes no, the, Aaron Rodgers. So the Bears and then I mean they put up what like twenty something points last week against the the they Texans. Twenty three against the Texans and had a garbage time touchdown because they were down forty two to sixteen. I don't know. I'm just a little. I'm just a little worried uh, about this oh. game. I feel like it's a bit of a trap game. You know that you you, oh. you want to think that the Jets are gonna are gonna win this game. Like, all right, like yeah, I said two weeks ago, they're staring three and five in the face. Uh, and, and honestly, I think the Jets win this game. Uh, but it's a little bit of a trap game because you go in like, oh, Brock Osweiler starting. This team stinks. They have no weapons. And then you then Devontae Parker just burns everybody this week because the Jets secondary is absolute trash right now. And you're like, all right, well, we should have seen that coming. Uh, I, Brock has won games. He's awful. He's so bad. He's the worst <laughs> quarterback probably ever. But for some reason, uh, the guy will win. Ran- exists. Yeah, that's true. But the, for some reason, the guy will just like randomly win games. Like, don't forget, didn't he beat the Patriots in a in a playoff all game? Right, that was years ago before anybody had any film on. That was his first career start. And he yes. Beat the he beat the Bears. I mean, he, he beat, yeah, he beat the Bears. He's three and zero lifetime against the Bears. He has yeah. nine career wins, thirty percent against the Bears. I'm worried. Listen, listen, listen. What I'm, I'm saying probably makes no sense, but I am just a little worried that this is a bit of a trap game because this is just an absolute must-win for the Jets this season um, if they if they want to make any noise because you can win these next two games and be five and five going into playing the Patriots. Um, oh, you, so you're stealing my thunder. I, I was gonna counterpoint. Yeah, I you have to sorry, but like you have to win this game and and it just feels like it's a bit of a trap game. Well, the trap for me is that trapping me into the optimistic delusion that I have or the, or the delusional optimism, I guess would be the correct way to say it. Eternal um, optimism. 
Well, that's me. I literally just did a podcast with the Mets guys about how Brody Van Wagenen is going to lead the Mets to the World Series this year. Um, I think the trap is that um, the Jets are going to be 5-5 five and five and give you hope going into the Final Six game. They're going to play Brock Osweiler and Nathan Peterman over the next two weeks. You're telling me that Brock Osweiler and Nathan Peterman are going to beat the Jets in back-to-back weeks? Hey, man, I sure as hell hope not, but... <laughs> but, but this team, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't name the starting receiver core if I wanted to try. I mean, who? It's it's, no, it's bad. Hurst, Jerome Peak, uh, uh, Deontay Burnett, um, Andre Roberts, and I think that might be it. Uh, Rashard Matthews, if he exists. <laughs> it's bad. They did score. No, I just said ten points. Never mind. They did score ten points yeah. against the Bears. <laughs> ten points on the Bears who lost to the Dolphins, is like 20 points on the Dolphins. Oh, that's a spin zone. <laughs> yeah, you go. <laughs> uh, look, I think the way they win is Brock Osweiler is Brock Osweiler. He's bad, and they win a low-scoring game, which is why I say if the Jets score 20 points, they'll be able to win because Brock Osweiler is bad. If they give up 30 points, they're not going to be able to score 30. I, it's just one of those days where Brock Osweiler is hot and hits hits uh, Devontae Parker and Kenyon Drake and... Uh, I think, Frank Gore I goes think, off for 100 yards, you know? I I think if the weather holds, I think Darnold will be playing, and it's said it's supposed to be 87 and maybe some showers. Uh, so That's I think if, Florida Dar- every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, maybe some so, showers. <laughs> but, but, but you know what? Darnold's going to be playing for the first time in a few weeks, not in ridiculous wind and awful elements. I think that he's going to play well. Um, despite the the lack of uh, of offensive weapons on the team right now, uh, and I think that he puts up some points this weekend. If they get a Nunwa back, I think he won't they... be back. He wore his helmet yesterday, Jess. Um, <laughs> if they can, they have like zero weapons. I'm gonna stick with it. They need to make this a low score. This has to be 16-13 for them to win. It's you know also what? a division I... game. They owe the Dolphin ones for week two. There is a a not necessarily a realistic or good chance that the Jets can be five and five heading into the bye, but the Jets can be five and five heading into the bye. I think that Chris Herndon has a monster game returning to go. Miami. Spin zone and and not even a spin zone. I think that he has a big game, catch one or two touchdowns, and have like a fifty plus fifty plus yards on the day. And I think that Deontay Burnett. Uh, is gonna show out, and Darnold's just gonna feed him because that's the only guy you can trust on the team. I like and it. he'll have like ten catches for like seventy or eighty yards and like a touchdown. Uh, and, and the Jets are gonna win by like ten. I think that they're gonna beat the Dolphins good this week. All right, there you go. See, this is how the eternal optimist influences you, Jesse. Uh, hey, I'm just worried. Hey, I'm worried about Osweiler like pulling something out of his ass. It's like literally the one thing I'm not worried about. Like the one thing I'm worried about is the Jets. Like the Jets defense is like, I don't think why, the Jets will the, win. I think they'll it's lose. The Jets because it's the Jets, Brock will show out. Just for some reason, he'll just be like, "All right, like we're going to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns today cuz because, because it's the I, Jets. I'm due." Exactly. Yeah, cuz it's the Jets. Uh, you know, so that's what I'm worried about. Probably won't happen, but I'm still worried about it. Before we wrap up, it is eight games through the season. So, Jesse, I just sent them to you. We're going to pull up our preseason predictions and see how we're doing. Um, My AFC predictions are impeccable. I think the only one I'm not winning is the AFC North. 
And instead, I have the Bengals winning the division, which for a while I looked good. I still think I got a shot. They're five and three, and I think a half game behind the Steelers because of that stupid tie. But I, it's absolutely in play that the Bengals can win the division. And other than that, I have the Texans winning the division in the South. They obviously are. I was one of two people on our staff to pick the Chiefs to not only win the AFC West, but go to the Super Bowl. I still have no clue what they're going to do in the postseason because it's Andy Reid. But I like my, so far, I like my chances. They're seven and one. So my Todd Bowles coach of the year pick is bad. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, my Jacksonville pick is not looking great. My Derwin James pick is looking good. My first fired coach um, is wrong because I picked Dirk Cutter. Uh, I think nobody picked Hugh Jackson. Which oh, wait, nope. Dan Rozelle picked Hugh Jackson. And so did good Steve Engelovich did too. Yes, so good for them. Um, yeah, for most part, all my division winners are intact. Uh, I picked Philly. Green Bay, um, except I don't know if. Well, the there's Green Bay... one pick that you need the most credit for, and it's that you're the only person that picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Yes, um, I love the Rams. I have I have a, a future on them to win the Super Bowl too. I mean, when you add Dominican Sue and then you add Akib Talib and Marcus Peters to that defense, uh, um, and you get rid of Tremaine Johnson, who's apparently just awful at football, uh, um, <laughs> you. Uh, you you become a Super Bowl contender in my eyes. Uh, and Jared Goff looked awesome last year. And then you also have the best player in the NFL in Todd Gurley. So, I mean, they're awesome. And I can't wait. My Jacksonville pick is looking like trash right now, though. Well, so far, well, that's the thing. You have them beating the Jaguars. You might not even make the playoffs. Uh, I might actually get the entire AFC right for the postseason. I have New England. A whole staff picked New England. Uh, yeah. New England, Cincinnati, Houston, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and the Chargers making the playoffs, and Kansas City winning the AFC. Um, I had Minnesota winning the Super Bowl. I still don't think it's it. You can rule it out. I don't like how they looked on Sunday night against the Saints because I think the Saints. That's obviously honestly my worst pick is that I had the Saints uh, only winning a wild card. Yeah, say I, I picked. I, I oh no no I, no no, I picked... no no no! Here's my worst pick. I had them missing the playoffs. Ooh, that's not good. That's yeah, my had, worst pick so far. Is I have the, I had the that and Matt Ryan winning MVP is my worst pick so far. If I could, if I could, uh, if I could change one thing, oh, Brian picked the Jets to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's oh. the worst pick on this list. Is that oh, shout man. out Brian Lloyd, our video guy? Uh, he has the Jets making the playoffs because I remember when I texted him and it was literally just that raised eyebrow emoji, yeah. and he <laughs> went uh, go hard. Or, it was one of those uh, I go hard. Go hard. Yeah, yeah. Go hard or go uh, home, something like that. Uh, you know, I, I think I, I'm happy that I picked Houston and Kansas City to make the playoffs still. Um, and I, I just I, I hate that I picked Jacksonville to make the Super Bowl. Um, I shouldn't have bet on Blake Blake Bortles. That was my logic uh, is that everybody looked at – I looked at last year and it was this was their shot. The, sometimes everything breaks right and you take advantage of it and you, like, you ride it. Like the Giants did that twice. Everything broke right for them. They ended up playing – uh, in Lambeau the first time. Um, instead, like the second time they went to the Super Bowl, they ended up playing yeah. in New or- in uh San Francisco instead of having to go to New Orleans, a team that would have crushed them in the in the NFC Championship game. Uh, like sometimes when you're on these playoff runs, everything breaks right, and then reality kicks back in next year. Like the Giants were a nine and seventeen 
in 2011. The next year is like, oh, they're the defending champs, and they went nine and seven. It's like, what happens? Like, they went nine and seven the year before. Jaguars yeah. are a ten and six team. Like, I now they're playing a first place schedule. I looked at it and said, eight and eight might be their their year, especially since Blake Bortles is their quarterback. So. Oh yeah, he's he's not good. Um, I, I picked Miami to be the worst team in the NFL. Um, that wasn't great. Uh, well, one thing I, I didn't I, see is the Giants being the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, they're they're really they're really awful. Um, someone picked Atlanta. Sam picked Atlanta to, to win, win it the all. Super Bowl. Which Sammy is Smith. just a, which is just a tough pick. That's um, that they need to recover. That's that hopeful. I want to see that city recover from losing the worst Super Bowl loss ever. But the, the yeah, but the thing that baffles me the most. Um, not a single person picked New England to win the Super Bowl. Because we're only tired of it. Them. This is Gotham two, Sports Network. And two people picked them to win the AFC. Because I, we're I tired of it. Yeah, I know. I picked Jacksonville, but I'm just shocked <laughs> that more people didn't pick New England because it's the obvious pick. Uh, I'm sticking think, with Kansas right, City. New England's going to go 12-4. and four. They're going to have a home field throughout the entire playoffs. Nope. And Kansas City's going to get the one. And, and can't, maybe. And Kansas City is going to come into New England and get stomped because it's the Patriots. It happens every year. Claudio, we see the same movie every <laughs> single year. All right? We both love movies. And this one is getting really repetitive. And we know the ending every single time. And we just continue to watch. It's like basketball, too. It's, just, it's the same team every single year. It's the Patriots and the Warriors. Every single year. 2001, <laughs> Mo Vaughn knocks out Drew Bledsoe. Tom Brady comes in and just <laughs> ruins our lives the rest of the uh, the rest of our lives. Mo Lewis, not Mo, Mo Vaughn. <laughs> Mo Vaughn's the Mets player. Mo Lewis. They're the same guy. All right? I mean, put him in a lineup. Uh... For Jesse's sanity, I hope this doesn't happen. I hope somebody dethrones the Patriots. I, I'm just tired of it. Ugh. I went with the Andy Reid finally gets over the hump narrative. that the He finally they, gets to a championship game with the Chiefs and actually gets past the Patriots. I also think that game's going to be in Kansas City. It could be. It could. You know, uh, that offense I, is so good. I'm not betting against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick uh, until they retire. Neither would I. I think they're going to make the championship game. Like, I think they're going to have to go through Fog- through the Patriots. I just think the game's going to be in Kansas City is all. So, so Boston fatigue, man. Uh, I mean, I had well, the that's, to win it all. I don't like, know how the Bruins are this year, but there is a legitimate chance that the next four championships will involve Boston. Yeah. I'm like the just, Patriots, the Celtics, and the Bruins. And I obviously like the, we just had the Red Sox. I, I like the Red Sox, uh, but like now, like my whole feed is just going to be filled with Patriots fans. Like, well, now we like, can go back oh, to hating oh, Boston. Yeah, we're going, we're going for two in a year. Yeah, we're gonna win two championships this year, just like two thousand and four. Like, oh my god! <laughs> Again, for Jesse's just, sanity, I just hope dig this a hole and bury happen. me in it. Uh, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Jet Stream. If you have uh, a prediction that you made before the season that you yeah, nailed, uh, if you had Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP or Todd Gurley winning the MVP, uh, tell us about it. I'm on Twitter at Claudio underscore GSN. He's on Twitter at JFinverSports12. 
Got Nailed it. Right it. Nailed it this week. <laughs> uh, on Twitter, we're, we're at Gotham SN. You can check out all our daily blogs, articles, and other podcasts at GothamSN.com. Uh, this show's on iTunes. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, give it a five-star rating and a review. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with a happy recap of the game over the Jets. So take care, everybody. Jesse, J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets.